Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Let's just call this, He Lives. He Lives. He lives. Is he living in your heart? He lives. He's alive. 27th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verse 19. Verse 19. We'll begin and pick it up right here. Speaking of the death of our Lord. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife said unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Dear God. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him. And put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him, upon him. And they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him... They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come into a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written. This is Jesus the king of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand 
and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save yourself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same at his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land under the ninth hour. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they had heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him, to help him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Now listen. And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept, or that were dead, arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Father, thank you for your word, for the power that's in it, for the anointing that's upon it, and for your spirit to proclaim the truth of the resurrection of Jesus our Lord. I want you to notice that after Jesus had cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost, certain events took place. First of all, the veil, verse 51, of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Do you remember when they accused him and said, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, you think you're so great? Let's see you do it. See, they didn't understand what was going on. But here we see the veil of the temple... Now, the temple, you understand, was where the Shekinah glory of God was. That's where God lived among the people. And the temple, and beyond the veil, you see, one, the high priest could go in there and walk right up to the very presence of God. Because that's where God was. That's where His Shekinah glory was. But something happened here. The veil that curtained off, you see, the presence of God... From the holy place where anybody there would look in, they'd die. Because uh, 
the glory of God was so strong, no man could stand to see that glory and live. So the veil was written twain from top to bottom. It was 20 feet high. Nobody did it with their hands. Of all probability, it was an angel that ripped that thing from top to bottom. Symbolic of the fact there's no longer a veil between God and man. And when it was ripped apart, the Shekinah glory of God left and went into the heavenly holies of holies where it belonged. And everybody could just poke their head right on in that holy place and nothing would happen because he'd gone. The temple was destroyed. Thou that destroyest the temple. Notice he said, I'd rebuild it in three days. Well, did he do that? Well, you see, we need to have some understanding. But before I go and finish that, let's go and look at the, something else that took place. And the earth did quake and rocks rent. Do you remember when Jesus making his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem and on his way in, the children and the people began to worship and praise him and say, Hosanna to God in the highest. David, our king, glory to God. They began to praise and worship and all the religious folks said, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. And Jesus said, if they didn't cry out, even the rocks would cry out and praise God in the highest. Isn't that right? Well, the rocks rent and the earth did quake. When Jesus died on that day, but that's not all of it. And the graves were open. And the bodies of the dead folk were raised. You know that symbolic of you and I was once dead in our sins and trespasses. But you hath he quickened or made alive together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. You didn't notice that all that Jesus said he was going to do and proclaimed that he would do came to pass. But it came to pass in a way that was deceiving to the natural man. The natural man could not see these things take place. The natural man could not see what took place when Jesus died that day on Calvary. All he can see was a physical death. All he can see was a destroyed man. Oh, he can see that this man who proclaimed to be so great and so mighty could not withstand the cross. Well, how do we look at Jesus today? Is he dead? Is he a man who is incapable, incapable of fulfilling his every word? Did he lie when he said, I'll rebuild the temple? Did he lie when he says, I am the resurrection and the life? He made another statement that's found in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke before he died. And he said that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, 
and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if one would do a little study on the last phrase that Jesus said there, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, then one would understand fully whether or not Jesus fulfilled his every word, or if he was a defeated person, or if he was a liar, or if he was a man without God, or if he was somebody who could not stand behind his every word. You see, he said many wonderful things. I am the Son of God. I am the resurrection and the life. If any man believe on me, he will never die. Well, if he died, how in the world could someone say, well, I believe on him, I'm not going to die. If the man is dead and gone, then it stands the reason he's a failure. And his words are unimportant. But if he is alive, then what he said he would do has been done. Now, he said, I came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, keep in your thoughts. The graves were opened. The earth did quake. The rocks rent. Many things happen on that day that even to this day astound even the scholars. All they know is that the graves were open and people who were dead rose up and went to the city of Jerusalem and preached the gospel. Now, if you'll just take a moment to turn to another scripture with me, I will share with you why on this particular day, at this moment of time, when all these things took place, why every word that Jesus proclaimed was fulfilled. In Leviticus, the 25th chapter, We begin reading with verse 8. Now remember what Jesus said. I came to preach the good news. I came to heal the broken heart. I came to preach freedom for the captives. I came to preach the recovering of sight to the blind. I came to set at liberty those that are bruised. And really, all this is preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, in the book of Leviticus, 25th chapter, verse 8, we begin to see what the acceptable year of the Lord was. But let me say this. Jesus came to meet the needs of humanity. Jesus came to help people. Jesus came to fulfill every word that he declared. He was going to do all these things. He was going to heal your broken heart. He was going to set the people free and deliver them and give back to every man his belongings. And it would be so excitable that even the earth would quake and the rocks would cry out and dead bodies was, would actually raise up, rise up from the dead. Now think about that. Here in the book of Leviticus, the 25th chapter, verse 8. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. 
and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement. Put a little one over there. The day of atonement is one. The sounding of the trumpet is two. He went on to say, You shall make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. That's two. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be a jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man. Mark that. Number three. Shall return every man to his possessions. And number four. He shall return every man unto his family. The acceptable year of the Lord was typified by the year of Jubilee. This is the year that liberty was proclaimed on the day of atonement throughout all the land. And I'm not going to take time to give you, you know, verse by verse, but I'm just going to give you a very quick explanation of this year. The year of Jubilee on the 50th year, no matter what a person lost throughout his life, if he sold his possessions, his lands, because of a great famine that came, or because, you know, bankruptcy, or whatever took place in the life of an individual that caused him to be poor, that caused him to be brokenhearted, that caused him to have failure, no matter what took place in this person's life, on the day of atonement, when the trumpet was sounded, in the year of Jubilee, on the 50th year, now that's 50 years have gone by, Everybody was proclaimed to be free. Every man could return back to his own possessions. And everyone, if you were held in slavery, in the bondage of slavery, everybody could return to his own family again. Free. Absolutely free. All you had to do was sound your trumpet on the Day of Atonement. Now, we're going to tie this in with what Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, the fourth chapter. So go back there. Luke's Gospel, the fourth chapter. Again. Well, I say again, but I quoted it to you. You can look it up now for yourself. Luke's Gospel, the fourth chapter. We'll make it plain and simple. And verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. See, there's the poor. The Jews knew who the poor were. Those were the poor in the land that lost their possessions for one reason or another. They were poor. He came to preach the gospel to the poor or to proclaim the year of Jubilee or to proclaim that they can return to their possession. And what it really was, was a second chance for these people to have a brand new start in life. Without having to work for it, without having to earn it, it was freely given to them. All they had to do was come, proclaim their liberty and freedom, and all their possessions was theirs. And no longer would he that was cast into slavery be bound by that slavery, but be free to go back to his own family. Isn't that wonderful? 
50th year. Now, of course, you wouldn't have too many 50 years in your lifetime. Right? If you made two, you was a blessed character. That's 100 years. But can you see how God did this for them? But I want you to notice the four events. The Day of Atonement. The sounding of the trumpet. Return to your possessions. And number four, return to your family. Now, I came, Jesus said, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and in verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which is the year of Jubilee. He came to preach that. But now listen, in verse 22, I'm sorry, 21, and as he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ear. And the Jews looked at one another and they couldn't believe what the man was saying. They said, you've come to say that this day, the year of Jubilee, is fulfilled in our ears. It's fulfilled. I don't understand it. Remember, they said, we're not in bondage to any man. What do you mean? Remember Jesus said in John 8, the Son of Man came to set us free. And if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth. The truth has set you free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Well, the Jews said, we've never been in bondage to any man. We have Abraham to be our father. How sayest thou, thou set us free? They were thinking in terms of the natural life. They were thinking in terms of being in slavery like they were in the Egyptian bondage. They were thinking in terms of being slavery to poverty. You know, those that had to give up all, that lost all, all their possessions. And they were in slavery physically. They were in slavery to sickness and disease and bondage. But you see, that's all they had. They said, we're not bound by any man. We have Abraham. God is our father. Abraham, we believe in Abraham. How sayest thou that you'll make us free? Well, their thinking was wrong. And here Jesus was saying, I came not only to set you free from earthly things, I came to set you free from spiritual things. I came to proclaim or to preach the truth of the gospel to the poor, that he wouldn't have to be poor anymore. I came to preach to the brokenhearted that it may be healed and be whole. This is why I came. I came to set at liberty those that are bruised. I came to open up the eyes of the blind. I came to fulfill and to proclaim and preach the acceptable year, the year of liberty, the year of jubilee, unto all that will hear my voice. He said, that's why I came. Now, that's the reason why he said all those things. These are the things that's proclaimed in the year of jubilee. Number one. Adam had certain possessions and he had certain rights and privileges when he was created by God. He had the right to fellowship with the Father. He had a right to live in the Garden of Eden. He had a right to partake of the fruit of that garden except one tree and be prosperous. He possessed dominion over all the works of God's hands. He possessed, you see, the authority from the Father God to rule the earth and to be the God of this world. He said, I give you dominion over the earth, over the sea, over the fowls, over everything that I have created, Adam. I give it all to you. It's all your possession. These are your possessions. But, as you know and as I know, Adam committed high treason and he sold out. See, just as these Jews had to sell their belongings and their possessions because they couldn't afford to keep them any longer, and they sold themselves into slavery and into bondage, 
Adam sold out all that he had to the enemy. And the devil took all the authority. Well, because he had all the authority and because he now received all the power that Adam had upon the face of the earth, the Bible says Satan became the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he became the god of this world. Adam, through his high treason, died spiritually, which would cause him to die physically. He lost all his possessions. He lost the right to the presence of the Father, to fellowship with the Father. He lost his prosperity. He became poor. He had to work every day. He was in bondage to working as a slave. He was in bondage to the earth. He became a slave to Satan, to sickness, to disease, to the earth, to poverty. He became a slave of death. That's what happened to Adam. He sold all his possessions. He lost out over to the devil. And now he's bound by this sin. But Jesus came and said, I've come to give you what? Life. And give it more abundantly. Even though man's condition is tragic, even though Adam is in a tragic state of being, Jesus whispers and says, I came to seek and save that which was lost. This is why I've come. So, you remember that Jesus came to redeem man. Now, the word redeem means to buy back or to purchase as one's own possession. Man didn't have the money to redeem himself. He did not have the finances to redeem himself from this death. And so the only way that man can be free once again would be by the way of the year of Jubilee. Since he couldn't do it for himself, he didn't have the finances to do it. He didn't have the possessions to do it. He didn't have the ability to do it. The only way man could be free would be if there was a year of Jubilee. A year of Jubilee. When somebody would freely give him back all that he lost. Well, four things are involved. The Day of Atonement, the sounding of the trumpet, return to your possessions, return to your family. Jesus said, I came to preach the gospel. On the Day of Atonement is a type of Calvary. At Calvary, Jesus redeemed us by His blood. Remember Peter said, you've not been redeemed with silver and gold but by, by, by the precious blood of Jesus. Do you remember in Ephesians, the first chapter, Paul said, in whom we have redemption through His blood? So the Day of Atonement is a type of the death of Jesus. The cross, from that standpoint that we just read in Matthew, shows us a man that is destroyed. Shows us a man that's so horrible they couldn't face. Darkness came over upon the face of the earth so they couldn't see. How horrible he looked. Isaiah said his visage was so marred more than any man. His form was more horrible than the sight of any man. He was a worm and no man. Horrible to behold. But we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He shed his blood on that day. He said, I will rebuild the temple in three days. What was he doing on that cross? What happened? Here's where people don't see or understand. But on the Day of Atonement, Jesus paid the price for your and my redemption. His spirit left the cross. His body went into the grave. 
His spirit went below the earth into the lowest pits of hell, the caverns of the damned. His spirit there took upon himself all the guilt and sin of the world and the consequences of that sin. And there he lie in the bosom of death, in the lowest pits of death, surrounded by the arch enemy Satan and all his cohorts and demons. His blood has already been spilled, but there he is. He's lying there. Is that all there is to it? Will his, his soul remain there in hell? Will his body remain in the grave? No. No. Because the scripture says, I'll not leave your soul in hell, and I won't allow your body to see corruption. And so there he was paying the price. Man couldn't pay the price. He didn't have the ability to pay the price. He sold all his possessions. When a man sells all that he has and he has no more, he cannot pay the price. So here, the man from Galilee pays the price by shedding his blood. And there he lies there in those caverns of the damned. When the Father God looks over the banisters of heaven and he screams from heaven above and says, Thou art my son. In this day I have begotten thee. Thy throne, O God, is a scepter of righteousness. Forever is a scepter of thy kingdom. A scepter of righteousness. And when he called down and shouted from above, the temple was rebuilt. Rebuilt. The Father God recreated the first human spirit. No longer would God dwell in earth made holies of holies, but now God would indwell man. His body became the temple of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. As God had said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, they will be my people. There he was, recreated, the temple of the living God. That's not all of it. He was raised up from death. He left the cocoon of his embalmment. He was embalmed, you know, and wrapped with cloth until it became like a cocoon. He slipped out of it. And he went off into the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood to purchase your and my soul. And there he stands before the throne of God. Now, see, now all this is going on and they don't know anything that's happening. All they see is darkness. All they see is all the things that we read there in Matthew. And he stands before the throne of God. He enters into the holies of holies. The veil was rent in twain on the earth made holies of holies. And the glory of God was now brought where it belonged back up to the heavenly holies of holies. And Jesus with his own blood walks in and sprinkles his blood across the mercy seat and all the heavenly utensils of worship. And he obtains an eternal redemption for man. Well, praise God. I mean, that's great, isn't it? Everybody has now the right to have their sins remitted. But you see, this is not enough. If all it meant was Jesus had to do his part, then everybody right now in the face of the earth would be born again. But it wasn't enough that we just know what Jesus did on the Day of Atonement. Because the second step was we were to proclaim. We were to proclaim. Sound the trumpet, they said. Sound in the 50th year. And nobody could have their liberty unless they sounded the trumpet immediately after the atonement was made. And so we find out that right after the atonement was made, right after the blood was shed and, and spilled and offered up as a sacrifice 
the Father whispers to the Son and the Spirit of God comes down and proclaims through the mouths of men the sounding of the trumpet and proclaims liberty. Jesus said, I came to proclaim liberty to all that would come. Which is the preaching of the gospel or of the truth. Proclaiming and preaching. What am I to preach? You ought to preach what took place. What took place? It's found in the redemptive chapter. You've got to turn there with me. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Underline every place you see the word O-U-R. Our. Our. Now, I want you to note that this redemption is not only for human beings, but this redemptive plan is for the whole of God's creation, not just for human beings. Here it is. Isaiah prophesied it. Jesus proclaimed it. And here it goes. Let's start with verse 1. Who hath believed our report? Isaiah 53. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's what he looked like on the cross. He is despised and rejected of men. He was. He is a man of sorrows. He was. He's acquainted with grief. Literal translation, acquainted with sickness. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But here is what was proclaimed. Here is what they did not see. Surely he hath borne our. Circle the word our. Jesus on Calvary bore our griefs. Literal sicknesses. Surely he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Literally pains. When I say literally, I am referring to the fact that in the, in the Hebrew context... This word is translated throughout the Bible 99% of the time, sickness and pains, not griefs and sorrows. Sickness and pains. Notice the word our. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our, circle the word our, our transgressions. He was bruised for our, circle the word our, iniquities. The chastisement of our, circle the word our, peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. The day of atonement came. Calvary came. The blood was shed. The blood was sprinkled. It was made. The sacrifice was complete. It was accepted. Now proclaim. Sound your trumpet. Sound your trumpet. I took the same message to one dear sister that couldn't walk. As she sat there on the couch. All I said was, and now I see the truth. All I said was, if you make Jesus your Lord and Savior... He also is your healer. Amen. And she looked me in the face, accepted Christ, and was born again. And before I said another word, she stood up and walked. She, I didn't proclaim it. She proclaimed it. 
she sounded her trumpet. See, maybe he didn't die for your sicknesses. Maybe he didn't die for your diseases. Maybe he didn't die for your transgressions. Maybe he didn't die for your iniquities. Maybe the chastisement of your peace wasn't upon him for you. But for this woman, she proclaimed her liberty. She sounded her trumpet. And when she sounded her trumpet, she rose up and walked. She returned to her own possession. Now you know what that possession is? The book of Deuteronomy says that when we have entered into the land which the Lord our God promised to give us for an inheritance, the inheritance, you shall possess the land. You possess it by proclaiming it. You possess it by declaring it yours. Now you see in the events? You claim it and it becomes yours. People try to get it other ways. But the best way to get it is by proclaiming it and sounding your own trumpet. Every man returns to his own possessions. No, not just your earthly things, possessions. As the Jews thought, Adam's lost dominion is restored to him again. Death no more has power over him. Satan loses his authority in the earth. I proclaim it to be mine. I sound the voice of triumph and declare my year of jubilee. Jesus has been made my jubilee. He is my jubilee. I proclaim my liberty and my freedom. I return to my possessions. I possess all that Adam had in the beginning. I possess life. He didn't have the son, hath life. I possess sickness. He took my infirmity. I possess healing and disease for sickness. He took my infirmities. He bore my sickness. I possess righteousness. He had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we could become the righteousness of God. I proclaim it. Where there is no sounding of the trumpet, there is no liberty. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You want to know why most people don't get their liberty, their healings, their deliverances, their freedom? Because they don't proclaim it. They're looking for the preacher to proclaim it. They're looking for the evangelist to proclaim it. They're looking for the guy down the street to proclaim it. They're looking for this guy. But he said he bore our... Now, I want you to say this with me. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon Him. And with His stripes... I am healed. That's the proclaiming of your liberty. That's your announcing and declaring and voicing your rights and privileges and possessions to be yours. The atonement was already made. What are we waiting for? The sounding of the trumpet is your voice declaring it to be yours now. Immediately when you found out that he did it. I have found to be true. If you can get somebody that didn't know this and tell it to them, if they'll proclaim it and voice their triumph right then and shout the voice of triumph with the trumpet, then all their possessions are immediately turned right back to them. They possess that dominion. They possess that authority. They rise up and are healed and are delivered and all the shackles and all the bondages are destroyed right before them.
and they walk free. Who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. Now are you ready for the icing on the cake? Every man returns to his own family. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I will be a father to you, and you will be my children. No longer are we in slavery to death, to Satan, to sickness, to disease, to this family, where we were strangers and foreigners from Him. But He says, Now come, Abba Father. Every man returns back to his own family. Adam lost fellowship and relationship with the Father. In the new birth, you become restored to fellowship, relationship. You become a son and a daughter of God. You proclaim your liberty. You return to your possessions. You take your place in the family. You are a child of God. How does it happen? How does it work? Here's how it happens. This is how it works. You don't see Jesus on the cross any longer. You see Him alive. As we read there in Matthew, when Matthew, looking back to the things that took place, we find out that the earth quaked. Do you know what the earth was doing when it quaked? Voicing and shouting and letting loose its trumpet of liberty. At that moment, the earth itself proclaimed liberty from the curse of the law. Do you know what happened when the rocks rent? Even the rocks and all the things upon the earth voiced its trumpet shouted and proclaimed liberty, returning to its own possession the way God created it in the beginning before the fall. Do you know what happened when the veil was rent in twain? The family was no longer separated, but the father was shouting from heaven and declaring, You are my child. Come in to the family. The trumpet was sounding. Do you know what happened when the graves burst open? The grave itself was playing its trumpet, proclaiming freedom. Death no longer can separate me from the Father God. Do you know what happened when even those that were dead walked into the streets of Jerusalem and proclaimed liberty they were voicing the trumpet of victory to all those that are dead while they're alive and saying to them surely he bore your sickness surely he carried your pains surely he was wounded for your transgressions surely he was bruised for your iniquities surely the chastisement of his peace 
Your peace was upon him. And surely with his stripes you are healed. But the sad thing about people is that they have their own trumpet. The rocks didn't wait a second. The graves didn't wait a moment. The veil didn't wait but a split second. They all immediately proclaimed their victory and proclaimed year of jubilee. I am free. But now, do you remember in 1862 when Abraham Lincoln issued his Emancipation Proclamation before the U.S. government declaring that all those that were in slavery and in bondage would be set free? It took three years, December 18, 1865, when this Emancipation Proclamation was finally complete. And when it was completed, everybody that was in slavery and everybody that was in bondage was declared free. Many had masters that would let them go. Many didn't. Some of them had to enforce their liberty. They had to take it by force. They had to escape. They had to leave without being killed. Even though they were set free and delivered... The enemy still tried to hold them in bondage. Well, approximately A.D. 29, Jesus Christ of Nazareth issued an emancipation proclamation for everything that lives on the earth. The heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the rocks, the stones, the sea, the fish, the fowl. Even man himself, he declared, would no longer have to be in bondage to anybody. And almost 2,000 years have come and gone. And we only have a handful of men and women that have voiced their triumph, shouted and sounded the trumpet of victory to be delivered from all the forces of darkness all of evil, all of sickness, all of disease, all of calamity, all of poverty, and few in number. Now, not the rocks and the stones and the trees and all those things that don't... You know, I think they have more sense than people. They didn't wait a second. But yet you say to somebody, you can be born again. I'm not ready. Oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, the stone has more sense than you do. You could be free. I don't think I'm ready for that. Oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, the birds and the trees have more sense than you do. Well, I'll live the way I want to live on this earth. And then when I want to make Jesus my Lord, I'll do it when I want to. Oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dead graves have more sense than you do. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? Jesus declared an emancipation proclamation 2,000 years ago and He shouted from heaven and said, No longer do you need to be in bondage to sin or death or sickness or disease. And He rose up and declared, I am He that was dead for you. 
I bore your sicknesses, I carried your pains, I took your transgressions, I took the price of your iniquities. The chastisement for you to have peace was upon me, and with my stripes you are healed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and the Spirit of God is right here, right now. For anybody at the sound of my voice to proclaim and to just sing out and voice your trumpet of victory right now. And if you will receive that which is spoken, you'll rise up with every possession yours. You'll rise up in the family of God. Healed from your sickness and healed from your disease. I conclude by saying this. The man was a liar or a fraud. Or God is mocking us. Or everything I just said is true. And Jesus is alive to prove that it's true. Jesus is alive and at the right hand of the Father to declare that it's so. It's true. It's so. You are free. Who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. Jesus has become your jubilee. Will you shout? Will you voice? your trumpet of victory and proclaim your liberty. Will you do it? Will you do it? Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.